0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host Urban Lee.
1: Good evening. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. You can get the book at frombeertothebible.com. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. We are finishing up today with part 2 with Scott Scott's going to continue to share his testimony, and we thank Scott for his encouragement and his love, faith, and hope. Scott, I know you went to jail once, and it, from our conversation, it seems like you went to jail again. Will you want to start by explaining and talking about that?
2: Yeah, I can, and thank you for having me back. You know, we started uh, our last session. I talked about the scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm excited to be back here today and especially considering that it is my, uh, five year, uh, sobriety date. And, uh, and I'm excited about that. And I was contemplating kind of back in the beginning of this journey, what that first year looked like, you know, I'd gone to rehab, uh, had come out of that, uh, worked on my sobriety and it's been a year working on, uh, mental health and sobriety and counseling and, and uh, getting a firm foundation. Um, uh, yeah, but I, as I talked about, I was pulled over for DWI and ended up in jail and, and had my experience in jail the first time around where God really got my attention. Uh, a year later, I'd go back to settle up on that with the courts and, uh, call my attorney who was a believer and, and, uh, Isaac and I went in and, and, um, the judge was late that day, sent us, we went up to a traveling judge with the D.A., Who that was the first time I had heard what my blood alcohol had been uh, when I had uh, been pulled over and I was right at a point three, and she's like I don't know how you're alive I don't know how you survive detoxing in jail and uh, she had all my records I had everything in order of all the counseling and meetings I'd been to and all that stuff and she's like I've never seen anybody take it quite this serious she goes I'm going to recommend I I can't recommend no jail uh, because it's a second offense but I I'm going to recommend uh, five days with three days for time served. So He's coming for a weekend and go home. We go up to the traveling judge and, and uh, he, we talk about my story. He looks through my stuff. He says, well, I'm ready. We're, we'll open the court. It was just us in there. Nobody else. And he opens the court, reads the charges. I plead guilty. And, uh, he says, I sent it you to you at time served, uh, no fine. Uh, and you get to go home and he closes the court and he says, do you understand what I just did? And I said, I think I do he says, look, you do this again. And he said, we're going to throw the book at you. He said, but I've never seen anybody take their sobriety this serious. And he said, I've been collecting these chips for 30 years. They work. Keep going to your meetings and doing what you're doing. Oh, we walk out and Isaac says, man, I, I've not seen that happen. God's looking after you. And so we go back down to file the paperwork in the, in the court that I'm in. That judge happens to be back and it's an election year. And he's not happy about what the other judge did. So he overrides it and decides to send me to jail. Uh, for what's going to be 10 days and uh my attorney's upset and i'm like you know isaac i did this i'm ready just get it over with and uh you know come in and and do it and uh so i I come in that following it was on a friday i come in that following monday and it's uh it was in october of that following year so just a little less than a year sobriety and i go in and end up right back in pot f i have laundry duty so that's how i know where i was the first time because i go Mm -hmm. oh this only pod that does laundry duty. So now I'm I'm right back where I started. Yeah. And, um, week goes fine. You know, I get uh, new clothes, fresh set of new clothes every day out doing laundry duty and a hot meal. And, and at the end of the week, and I, and I got to share my story a couple of times during that, that time. Uh, but they were crowded. So, um, they gave me credit for time and decided that I was only gonna have to stay five days that they could do that. And so now it's Thursday night. I'm about to leave. And, uh, this gentleman comes in, the bunk next to me had been empty all week. Uh, this gentleman comes in looking as bad as I had the year before. And, uh, had kind of a intoxicated voice, you know, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm, I'm here to pay my debt to Dallas County. You look pretty good for just being arrested for a DWI. And I'm like, oh, that was a year ago. I'm just here to pay my debt. I said, I've been sober for a year. I don't believe anybody can do that. And he passes out. As I was looking at daily reflections the past couple of days, I was reminded of this story and it it reminded me of where I was at that year before looking at him. And and part of the the read read from that, that book was um, he cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. Then he will know loneliness such as few do. He will be at a jumping off place. He will wish, for the end. And that reading goes on to talk about, you know, you can't live life with it, but you're at a place you, it's, you know, I don't want to die, but I, I'm going to die if I don't have a drink. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about that time back, uh, and paying my debt. Um, and that gentleman, he woke me up. I don't know. It was sometime in the middle of the night. And, uh, he said, can we talk? And I said, sure. And he said, have you really been sober for a year? And I said, I have been. He said, I, I've been an addict for 20 years and I've never hurt anybody. I've never harmed anybody, but I'm in here as uh, theft charges. No, I, I, I can't afford an attorney. And he just starts crying. He tells me a story. He has a son and a daughter here in town that are, have successful careers. He has grandkids he's never met. You, know, just, you can hear the shame and the guilt and, and just the grief and the loss and the despair. And uh, he let him talk for a while and he, he finally said, I'm just, I'm a bad man. And I stopped him and I said, you know, you need to stop. I said, you're not a bad man. You're just a man without a solution. Mm-hmm. And you're no different than I was a year ago. The only difference between you and I is I happen to financially be in a better place where I could afford a good attorney. Uh, because I have driven enough and done enough that I should be locked up, but I'm not. And, uh, I said, the solution is God. He goes, well, how do you do that? And, uh, I walked him through on my arm. I've got a tattoo that, uh, are some arrows, but the, the, the shafts of those arrows are the scripts of abandoned to God and admit fault, admit faults, clear the wreckage, give freely, trudge road, a happy destiny. And I walked him through that and I said, this is basically a summary of the 12 steps of AA. And I said, my solution came through establishing a relationship with God and finding God. And what I found out is he never left me. He was in here with me a year ago because somebody caught my attention, just like I'm getting yours. And I said, I know there's a group that comes in here and holds meetings. You know, go get on the list with the sheriff. They'll give you a Bible. They'll give you a big book. Every day, wake up and ask God to reveal himself to you, and he will. And I said, I also know if this is your first time to ever think about, think about getting treatment. Dallas County's got a program. You can go down to a, a facility that's focused on recovery. I said, it, it, it's a jail facility, but you can get recovery. Mm. And if you ask for work, they'll probably send you. And so he was going to do that. Um, and we talked some more and prayed some more. And a little bit later, the sheriff would come in to, to let me go. And it's probably 5, 530 in the morning. And I got my stuff together. And, and he got up and with and tears in his eyes. And he gave me a hug. And he said, I, I know why you were here for five days, not zero days and not 10 days, because I told him what happened with the judge. And he said it was to meet me. And for the first time in my life, I have hope. Um, and I walked outside of loose and sat down and cried and thanked God for the opportunity that if that was the plan all along, so be it, but i didn 't want to come back <laughs> mm, I understand that. and uh you know, but I think about that scripture in jeremiah and and we all have those moments in our lives where we reach that breaking point of my will can 't do it anymore. Where do I find a solution and God was always there waiting. he was in jail when I got there, and a year later. I got to witness it from the other side and be a part of it um, simply by doing my part and showing up and trying to do the next right thing. Some of those, those sayings that we say in the program, you know, show up and do the next right thing. And in that case, it was to do my time and pay my debt, but be available for what God had in store. And God had in store a man who had been an addict for 20 years, who had no hope that needed to hear a story just like I had the year before and got to share that, you know, I don't ever know what happened to him. Uh, you know, I wish I did, but, um, that's God's business. My, my, my job was just to point the way and help crack the door open. And, um, and I think it's pretty amazing that, uh, you know, when you read scripture and, uh, and like that verse in Jeremiah, you know, prosper and hope doesn't always mean financial, you know, but it's to build your spirit to let you know, God's here and he cares about every detail of our lives and the lives of the people around us that we may know or not know if we're willing to be open to listen and to, to share our experience, strength and hope to help give somebody else a a chance in life. Uh, and that's the part two of the story. You know, if, if I start from kind of front to back, uh, you know, from there life had went on, uh, into some of the other experiences that I referenced, you know, last week about, uh, you know, losing my father or my daughter's ski accident or business loss. And, and, and now into a life of, you know, I have a, a wonderful uh, fiance and family and, 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 uh, and daily I'm amazed at the restoration that God does. Uh, a pastor did a sermon a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what an Ebenezer is and, and the reminder of those things that God's done in our life. And I look at my relationships today and, and, both with Amy Joe, and and the kids, but also in friendships like yours and I's, you know, I can look around and I have those things in my life that are things that God placed there for my good to prosper me and to give me hope. And, uh, and that is not a financial thing. It's a, a life of joy. And I would much rather have that. Whatever else works out. That's great. But I can have a life of joy in the, in the good times and in the hard times. Life's still hard. Life still happens. And uh continues to happen. And I'm certainly not perfect. You know, I still have my character defects. They're just not as glaring as they used to be when alcohol is poured over. Uh, but I have people around me now that I can grow and learn from and then also help others to grow and to learn and to hopefully have that same hope and joy in their life. So that's the rest of the story.
1: That is a powerful testimony and story. And Scott and I became friends in it's interesting. I'm always, you know, praying and we ask the Lord for things. And I think sometimes our blessings and the answers to our prayers don't look like what we think they should. And because we view it that way, we sometimes miss the answer to our prayers, right? So I've been praying, I've been praying, And I remember bemoaning to God about, you know, once I changed people, places, and things, well, that eliminated the large majority of my friends. And I kept saying, you know, Lord, this this sobriety is a a lonely road. And one day I was at the gym, and the first friend he sent me was Pastor Ben. Um, I had been praying on the elliptical machine, and I was bemoaning to God that I didn't have any friends and. I opened my eyes and there's this guy and he's like, Hey man, what are you doing? And I told him what I was doing and he said, Hey, I go to gateway. And I said, so do I. And he became a good friend of mine. And Scott and I were introduced uh, through another gentleman and Scott and I have been become great friends. And so it's amazing in the ways that the Lord prospers us. And it does not always mean money, but it is also Resources what i what I looked at, and I, I try not to pray and ask God for money anymore. I try to pray and ask God for resources. God already knows what we need. He already says, "I'll meet all your needs according to my glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So what I ask Him for is His will, his ways, teach me, and then resource me for my assignment, for his good works, his plans, and his purpose to use my gifting. Uh, And he does that. And one of the things that I'm I'm trying to teach myself is we always ask the Lord and we recognize and we praise and worship him for the big stuff. But we also got to thank him for, wow, we got up this morning. Thank you that we can go to work. Thank you that we have a job. Thank you that you have a family, a fiance, because it's easy in the times that we live in now. To look around and listen to the news, read the paper. you, You look around and we're in a pandemic. It's easy to get down on yourself. And one of the ways that I combat that is I say, what are the things that I'm truly grateful for? And I start to list those and I start to count those. And usually about the time I get to 10, I'm no longer depressed or feeling down. And one of the things that um, the Lord is teaching me that there are seasons in life and that whatever you're going through right now, it won't last always. And one of the things that in my teaching and in being in the middle of storms is, he said to me, don't make a permanent decision for a temporary circumstance or problem too many times we want to we want to make a decision on something that's temporary the bible says this too shall pass we want to make a, a permanent decision so we have to take a step back and another key lesson that i i took from scott's testimony is god always has a plan god always has a plan and a purpose for us our job is to Hear, listen, and obey his will and his directions that he will communicate to us. People always say to me, Well, I, I'm trying to help me discover what God's purpose is for me. I'm like, Well, I can give you insight and some thoughts and perhaps some advice, but why don't you go to your creator and ask him? God will surely show you and tell you. The divine purpose he created you uh, for. And then a theme that keeps coming up, uh, and another thing I took away from Scott's wonderful and powerful testimony is we as believers and followers of Christ, we have knowledge of God, which is information, we have understanding of God, which is comprehension. The opportunity for us is the application of the word of God in our life. Do we actually believe the promises of God, the commands of God? When God gives us an assignment a purpose, will we actually take our head and heart knowledge and apply it to our life? That's where sobriety and that's where the joy of the Lord is found when we obey the Lord. He says, if you love me keep my commands. Well, follow my instructions. His instructions are found in the Bible. We have to take our head and heart knowledge and apply it to our lives. And so many times we pray and we say, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, where's the action in that? Where is the step of faith? And I try to always say, okay, I'm praying. Uh, It's okay to fast. It's okay to believe. But, Lord, what can I do today in the natural to show you that I believe and I'm holding on to your promises? So within your praying, within your fasting, within your believing, you also need to execute your faith. Take that. Sometimes it has to just be a baby step of faith, right? Scott and I both got sober because we made a decision. Uh, we activated our will and we took a step of faith, right? And it looks different for everybody. But we, one of the things I was remarking to him and Vicky was, church and religion made me passive. If you think about Joshua one nine, it says, "Be strong and courageous." Being strong and courageous is another way of saying, "Take my promises." And execute them and take steps of faith in the natural. So I want to encourage us. Yes, it's okay to pray. Yes, it is okay to wait expectantly on the Lord. But let us not be passive. Let us take the sword of the spirit and take the offensive and not the defensive position. Because God has called us to step out on faith, to be bold, to be courageous, to be strong. Ephesians 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And as we close today, we want to thank Scott for coming down and sharing such a wonderful testimony. And I want to thank him for quickly becoming one of my best friends. And he's someone I can talk to because the Lord sends you people who can tell you your story. And when they tell you your story, you're like, whoa, that's my story too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you're going through things, you can share that with them and you know that they understand. And the other important part is that they love you and they don't judge you. And you know that the advice, the counsel and the word of God that they give to you is authentic because you know what they've been through and they know what you've been through. And I pray that God will send everyone listening, friends who will not only hold them accountable, but will encourage them to be strong, to be courageous and to take steps of faith. So Scott, I want to thank you. You have been, I think of this scripture when it says, God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or pray. And he's done that for you spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. To your new family and your new wife and may God richly, richly bless you and use you for his divine purposes, brother.
0: Thank you. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries, was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit hampton That's hamptonministries.org Welcome back to from beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. You can find the book, at com, I'm going to have Scott say one more thing before he goes.
2: One of the things you mentioned was about uh, you know taking action in those steps of faith, and it's not always in the big things. And I have found, and it's certainly with, with sobriety and getting sober, or even like the gentleman when I went back into jail and he finally said, I have no hope, I need help. It's just simply that, it's telling somebody. Mm-hmm. Whether that's picking up the phone and calling an 800 number or it's telling somebody who has a life of lives differently that you go, I want what they have just saying, Hey, I need help and I'm struggling. And once you put that out there, God can step in and say, all right, now I'm ready to do business and we're ready to change and and provide hope and provide a path and a solution. It's that thinking of isolation that I did in my own thinking for a long time that kept me bound up and in prison in my own drinking. It was saying something that opened the door to get me help.
1: Yeah, and I will add to that, it's raising your hand today. And if you're out there and you need help, bring your problem to the light. You can find information at HamptonMinistries.org. You can also go to my website frombeertothebible.com and you can email us and we will help you get help. Because Scott and I both, the, the thing that we did, the first step or the action that we took was admitting that we had been powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. And then you invite the presence and the power of God and the Holy Spirit to work in the supernatural. And if you want to be free, I always say the enemy lives in the darkness. Bring your addiction, alcoholism, whatever it is, bring it to the light because he cannot work in God's shining light. Bible says, surrender yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil. The way you resist them is raising your hand. Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. Let the Holy Spirit come into me and dwell me lead God, counsel me to sobriety because the Bible says you resist the devil, he will flee from you, right? And we want to encourage you to reach out to us who are recovered, are recovering, and you would like to come on and share your story to encourage others like Scott has done, like I've done in the love, the faith and hope in Christ Jesus of overcoming alcoholism and addiction. Reach out to it. And remember, the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's com.